So I know that we bring up the Discord a lot, especially lately, just because it's such a fun place. I mean, for Jimmy Eat World Talk, non-Jimmy Eat World Talk, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. There's a lot, there's a little bit for everybody. And yep. I, I don't think we have a link up on our page yet for the Discord, but now that I've mentioned it and we've been doing a lot of other things, which I'm sure we'll mention in uh, in the housekeeping section. I do think we have it on our link, our like links page, like our landing page. Okay. Yes, great. there is a Discord link. Bottom Perfect. right link. Perfect. So click that just to see what's going on and what we're talking about. Now, what am I talking about? Um, on earlier this month, I had asked everybody, and this is how I prompted it. I said, I'm dying to know everybody's favorite condiment. Regardless of food, what's your go-to? And I was I was genuine. I was I was really interested in knowing. Uh Angela comes back first and says, Tapatio. Grew up on that. And I said, classic. Um, that's a little hot for me. I'm more of a Cholula guy. And I do think it's kind of yeah. cute that the Tapatio guy and the Cholula girl, I mean, they they are maybe they're friends. I don't know. Who knows? But I always like that little story. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, Justin Justin chimes in with ranch. And, of course, I had to follow up. Well, what kind, man? D- dill, buttermilk, regular, low-fat, or fat-free? Uh, to which he replies, uh, buttermilk is the only option. Which, I get it. Um, I, I still prefer a dill, though. When we go, I know that you went to uh, Wood Ranch Barbecue recently. Well, when we go to Red's Barbecue, we'll get the rolls with the barbecue sauce. And then yeah. also a little bit of that ranch, because it's dill ranch, so. I don't dill, know if I would have thought to know the difference. Uh, I think you would know the flavor. The dill has a little bit. It's got that. I mean, obviously the dill is inside it, but it's got more of a an herb, herby is herbaceous or would it be herby? Sure. <laughs> I'm not a blue cheese fan. That sounds like along the lines of blue cheese. I Yeah. Blue cheese, goat cheese, great cheese. Goat cheese is uh, good. Yeah. Blue cheese I don't fuck with. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess that can get overwhelming. That can kind of burn. Um, yeah. Burn your insides if, uh, and if then you have like too much. knowing like what blue cheese is, I'm just not not a fan. <laughs> right, um, our boy Linux uh, said honey, and uh, but if you don't count that barbecue sauce, of course I count honey. So he goes with, um, I believe he prefers the raw. Yep, raw local preferably. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Kimberly's favorite, uh, the Jack Daniels glaze. Um, oh yes, you know taking taking shots of that stuff. Uh, but you had responded with sweet baby rays. And I That's said, true. yeah, man, I, did. I had that tonight with our chicken, regular or spicy. And you said, OG, but I don't mind spicy. We've got the OG. We have got the spicy. We have we even have the Hawaiian, which Lindsay believes Ooh. tastes a lot like. Yeah, it tastes a lot like the McDonald's. I see a grilling night coming in our future. Oh, yeah, maybe we should. Um, but you know what? Regardless of what flavor we have on the table, do you know what I ask, Lindsay? What do you do? Can you pass the baby here? This is Jimmy Eat Pod. Oh, that was good. I love it. Oh, man. We should yeah. be sponsored. This this episode is brought to you by Sweet Baby Rays. Pass the baby. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I know this is the, the most delicious intro I think we've ever had. That was. Uh, at Per usual, I have housekeeping before we jump into Pass the Baby. Um, one thing is I logged in to finish some last minute research today and I saw that our boy Frank D was going in for brain surgery today. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to wish him a speedy recovery and, uh, hopefully everything goes well. He said, I think he said he was going to lose his hearing in his left ear, but left ear, uh, uh, but that is a small price to pay for, 
uh, I suppose, uh, what he's, what he's planning and going in for and, and, and all of that. So I want to wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah. Get well fast, Frank. Yeah, man. Uh, next we have a few new links on our site. Um, one of which is, and I'm talking to you about this live on the pod, um, uh, merch. Uh, we had a merch link that you could go to if you knew what it was. And I think we were linking it in the show notes. Um, right. But I do think uh, that could be a landing link uh, on our page. Uh, so look for that. Um, and uh, next, which we sort of worked out tonight. So let me give a little backstory here. And I th- think we're going to do a Patreon episode about this. Um, I was on Mark Hoppus's Discord server, and somebody had posted a a Tumblr page that had a sorting algorithm for you to be able to determine what your favorite Blink-182 song was. And I did the quiz, and it took me like 45 minutes. It took forever. And in the end, I was really impressed with how good the results were. And I had to know... A, was there a Jimmy World version of this? And B, if there isn't, how can I make one? So I found a submission form where you could ask the person. But you're at the mercy of how often are they updating this Tumblr page. The Blink-182 one was two albums behind. So yeah, right. it was all your favorite album, all your favorite Blink-182 songs from Neighborhoods Back. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I was like, I have to like count on this person with an outdated quiz to update a Jimmy World one. And then I was like, well, I have a master list of all the songs. Um, so I did a little bit of digging. Uh, and with the help of uh, one of the folks over on Mark's Discord, we were able to find the Bias Sorters source uh, yeah. page that tells you how to make your own. And the instructions link you to all the HTML code you need. And I'm, uh, I-, I know enough to 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 be dangerous so i uh, <laughs> copied all the code i pasted it i kind of made it our own in that like i very cl- like the the default instructions skip a lot of detail that i felt was necessary so i added all that copy to it i made it very clear what the instructions were how to get how to obtain the best results based on how you take this quiz because um you're basically pitting two songs against each other but there's also two choices where you could say I like both of these songs or I don't have an opinion about either of these songs. And what I determined when I did my blink 182 list is that results in a lot of ties. So like my top 15 was really only one through five. (laughs) My top one through five blink 182 (laughs) songs was 15 songs long, Um, which to me, I don't mind, but I was seeing everybody else's lists were like, I don't know if they were just very regimented in selecting which of the two songs they were picking that they preferred. Uh-huh. But uh uh I was not. I I chose a lot of I like both of these songs and I don't have an opinion about these songs. So um with that, we created our own Tumblr page with this quiz. And then on top of that, I was like, well, does this have to exist on Tumblr? Like, is it just on Tumblr because that's an easy place to put this HTML code? Uh, and that's what we determined. You you were able to to port that co- same exact code that was written over on the Tumblr page over onto our site. So now yeah. you can go to jimmyepod.com slash, what is it, Jimmy Sort World. And, uh, and yeah, I think that will be the a, a very cool new tool that we will 
be able to keep updated on our own as Jimmy World adds songs. We'll just add it to the list on that site. The only bummer is that you can't really save your results once you have them, and it takes a really long time to do. Um, so it's sort of like one of those fun things if you know you have like a spare half hour and and you just want to mindlessly click a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, there you go. But the only way to really save the list is to take a screenshot and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe we'll find a nicer, easier way to to handle that. But um, I'm very excited about it. And I think it could be a really fun thing. Yeah, it was a, it was a great idea. Just well thought out. And, uh, you know, it, it took me it took me, I want to say, 45 minutes. And, and I was kind of like dipping in and out. But it was like 45 minutes to an hour doing it slowly. Uh, some of us said they took it in about 20 or 30 minutes, but either way, I mean, you do preface it by saying, get, <laughs> uh, plan to sit here for a while because it does take a, a bit to yeah. complete. Yeah. So uh, that's called, uh, right now it's called Jimmy Sort World and uh, it's a way to come up with your definitive list and and we'll talk about it uh, more, but did you feel like the list you got at the end was indicative of uh, your top songs? Yes, and I do see why it takes a while because if you were doing like database sorting, um, you would have to pit every option against every other available one. So you're whittling it down. Yeah. But I started to see as it got more toward the end, um, a lot of the terrible ones that were pitted up against like the top tracks. And that was easy for me to decide, but you just have to go through. um, You have to go through the process of saying, yes, I do pick this one over that one. Um, So yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I felt like my list was very representative of what the songs that I uh, that I appreciate and the songs that I like. So, yeah, it was good. To, it was good to go. Finally, you know, once you hit that ninety nine, one hundred percent and it gives you the list, it was really neat to see that. Yeah. And what's fun is then you could create a playlist out of your selections. Oh, that'd be so nice then, if it was automatic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what we should do is this is that that could be the in front of the paywall pitch for the Patreon episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> we talked about it so much. Um, uh, lastly, we sort of brought it up already, but the I, I feel like we've been spending a lot of our time in the Discord community, and it absolutely rules. Everybody there, there is awesome, and I think we're having a really good time over there. Um, oh, yeah. So I just want to shout out Discord. Yeah, great. Love the Discord. <laughs> and lastly, um, there's this podcast. Uh, what's this guy's name? Something Demacus, but it's like Demakes a Podcast. Um, and Jim Atkins was on it talking about the middle. Uh, this guy is from some band. I'm sure everybody's all less mad than, at me. For less than me. Jake, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> mad, not mad at me for not knowing who this guy is. But um, it actually, I, I went in with like, oh my gosh, of all things he wanted to talk about, he wanted to talk about the middle with Jim Atkins. But actually, there were a lot of really good nuggets of information in there that I thought were fun. Um, uh, even though, you know, Jim is always talking about the middle with people. Um, right. So, yeah. Uh, I think... That covers all the housekeeping I wanted to cover. Uh, if I forgot anything, I'll mention it next week. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what it's there for. Yeah. So I've got my Irish whiskey. I've got my water. I'm ready to jump into Pass the Baby off Integrity Blues, track 5 of 11. And uh, if you're keeping score at home with your vinyl, it's the last track on side A. Um, it was produced by uh, Justin Meldel Johnson and Jimmy World. It was recorded at Shea JMJ, Sunset Sound, and Unit 2. Release date was October 21st, 2016. Written by Jimmy World, sung by Jim. Released on RCA and Exotic Location Recordings. Has a duration of 523 
two notable low notes. Again, none of them, it's not like one was in bold and one was in italics to demarcate whether one was non-melodic and one was uh, a bold example. It was just two notable low notes. So C sharp three and B two, um, which are right next to each other. Uh, which one was that? D sharp. Why would B two C sharp three and B two? Um, so there is no B sharp, right? So you would say B and then um, C and then C sharp. So that's one step, one whole step. Yeah. And then uh, there's no demo off of this, but I did find this that I'll share. I, I think we can play Instagram and watch together or no. What? Let's try. Is there going to be a plugin a that's required? I yeah. So that is them teasing this. Uh, they're just showing a close up on this modular synthesizer with all these patch cables. And as far as I can tell, that is from past the baby. This was posted on Instagram in. Oh, it didn't take me directly to the page. Let's see. Uh, this was posted March 3rd, 2016. And it says, I call this one the middle part two. Jimmy. Says. <laughs> um, but. That sounds like the the hit part of the hits right before the the instrumental outro yeah. uh, of this song. Uh, so that's as much as I have of a demo. Uh, I'm glad I, you found that teaser, man. You were talking about yeah, that man. earlier. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's been played 150 times so far, uh, most of which was in 2017. They played it 85 times. Uh, they first played it in concert October 22nd, 2016 at Zombie Prom, Ooh. which I don't know what Zombie Prom is. It was uh, at Fear Farm, Phoenix, Arizona. It's almost like they played like at a uh, at a local haunted house or something um, <laughs> the day before <laughs> I saw them at the Roxy. Uh, and the last time they played it was January 30th, 2019 at O2 Academy uh, in England, in Newcastle. Uh, Hello. Hello. It's uh, F sharp major, two uh, B Camelot, uh, and a sixty BPM song. Those are the stats. Let's jump awesome. into the lyrics. I yeah, like man. to imagine Clark singing this. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in with that sound of the bass, man. Just like do 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 do. Oh, it's so oh good. dude. So this this whole song builds up, and so you mentioned Clark, and I think that's a very good visualization that people should be yeah maintaining in their head throughout this um i get vibes of like data you know data from uh star trek right yeah i'm trying to think is... of his last name <laughs> I, I don't think he has a last name, his name not yet data. <laughs> um so here we go through, through the lyrics here this is the first verse uh the best decision made was letting me take the stage uh, and it sounds like there is a third party here, and the narrator, the the person that's speaking these lyrics, uh, is speaking them to this person. Um, and what they're essentially saying with this is that, no, you did the right thing by letting me take the stage and be in the spotlight. So there's also already some sort of um, like tense justification going on with yeah. with kind of this this conversation, this this, uh, this two way conversation here, or this one way so far. Uh, do what I say exactly. Remember, you called me. Oh, so good. <laughs> I know, right? This is when I, I, you could probably think of this even in the Matrix of just like what, this seems like 
when the computer takes over and is has become like sentient and yeah <laughs> like the ai starts to realize its role and its capabilities yeah. uh especially with that it's just very ominous do what i say exactly remember you called me i'm the captain i almost now. imagine like an aaron sorkin style walk and talk uh-huh. but like the stylistic ones where they recorded it uh with the song playing in double speed and then Ooh. uh Everybody in the background is like throwing papers and running around like crazy. And this person looks very focused and determined and calm because they're essentially the devil. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. um, And so like, you can imagine like the slow motion of papers flying in the background and people running back and forth. And this person looking very calm and talking to this third party. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's how I see it in my head. Ooh, man, that's, that's very, uh, that's stimulating. (laughs) Visually, so very like a Beelzebub vibes here. We've got, uh, yeah. What what was that? Um, you know, we're talking about the Matrix. What was the film? Was it Constantine with Keanu I Reeves? I don't think I saw Constantine. My sister's gonna okay. listen to this and be all mad at me because I haven't seen that. <laughs> and there's another, uh, there's another one with Al Pacino where he plays the devil. Oh boy, I can still uh, see him slamming his hands on the desk and just that. The, yeah, the, and the she's always mad at me for not having seen that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's kind of what I, what what uh, the, the visualization that I have in my head after you said that. You know what I imagine is uh, uh, almost oh <laughs> uh, uh, Clark, obviously. But um, remember in Pee Wee's Big Adventure and uh, uh, what in one of his like weird dream sequences, somebody's the devil. Oh, it's uh, it's um, Francis is the it's devil. Francis. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I imagine Francis is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. At least, at least he's a PG-rated devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Francis. Totally. Francis. You can't have my bike, Francis. <laughs> I still picture him in that huge, uh, that huge. I guess it was like a hot tub, it's, but he was yeah, playing oh, with his little yeah, destroyers. It was a swimming pool, yeah. He's having yeah. his bath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right, so just to round out <laughs> those lines, uh, do what I say exactly. Remember, you called me. Uh that line, that that last uh, part there, is that first look of where we stand. It's that moment of experiencing like an unintended outcome. Uh, you know, like something's going wrong. Just kind of like what you're saying, where the papers are flying in the background. Take a take a moment, look at me in the eye, and say, "Remember, you know." He says, "Remember, you called me." Yeah. Uh, there's something we can count on. These boys like swinging low. So it's it's again kind of you, you mentioned the devil. It's. Like the devil is reassuring this person by saying, "Hey, we're gonna beat these guys. They swing low, but what are you doing, devil? Yeah. I mean, what are you up to?" And, and when you say swinging low, is that like is that another way of saying low blows? Yes, or? that's what I'm. Okay. That's what I'm yeah. saying is like cheap shots. Cheap don't, shots. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's what it was. Yeah. So it's like saying, "Don't worry, we got this." These boys are perhaps people in the industry. I know that that uh, that term comes up a lot in uh, when people talk about the meaning of this. Um, they're the ones who set the rules. And then the last part of this verse is, if it gets too ugly, well, that's our industry. We feed and feed. Um, so if, if if the relationship gets too tense, well, that's just how things might end up. Yeah. They feed on success and appreciation. Yeah, it's not personal. It's just business. Yeah, exactly. Lord business. <laughs> we just watched Lego Movie with Wes. <laughs> oh, those are so good. I, I, all of those. We watched the, uh, it's the Batman ones. Oh, Lego Batman! He's just his his delivery is so dry. Oh, yeah, he's so good. yeah. Uh, and and his voice. I mean, I came out. Uh, the kids were watching it this morning, actually. 
and just walking <laughs> through the hallway hearing him. I go, I know what they're watching. Yep. So sarcastic. I love it. Yeah. And, and and the way that line is, well, that's our industry is very much just like, remember, you called me like it's it's like an aside or a dismissive style of line that Jim is so good at writing. Yeah. So after the verse uh, finishes there, then we get into the chorus where it actually mentions the title of the song here. You pass the baby here. No, they won't shoot. And this line I always thought was, no, they won't shoot you comma pass the baby here so it's you pass the baby here it's because i didn't hear that first that initial you that i always thought it was pass the baby here no they won't shoot you pass the baby here but it's it the way that it's written is you pass the baby here then a line of no they won't shoot you pass the baby here let me just uh let me look at the liner notes and confirm while you go ahead i'll I'll pull them up yeah so i think and this is a very uh, the the baby here is a big question mark. And I think a lot of people can interpret this several different ways. But I feel the baby is in the context of, be careful, this is my baby. This is my 69 uh, hey, Chevelle, uh, you know, SS, right? This is my baby. This is, <laughs> this is the thing that I've sunk $70,000 into. Yeah. The baby is the one thing I hold most dear. Uh, it's being passed on to the narrator, uh, the performer, and he's reassuring them that they can give him the responsibility as as dark as his soul seems at this point, right? You pass yeah. the baby here. Give me your baby. I will do the right thing with this. And isn't that so creepy? It's kind of like, uh, I know we're, we're mentioning a whole bunch of movies, but I want to say it's when Bilbo Baggins, in that moment of time when he's about to get, I believe he's going to grab the ring, and it, the darkness kind of comes over his face, and you can see the sinister look in his eye, and it just he goes from being... Oh, Quite, yes, uh, yes, yes. It's very... He, like, it, it, I always imagine it wasn't it shine. It, it was like he was turning into Gollum, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah, creepy. Yeah. Very, yeah, it was yeah. a quick little thing. And then you kind of look at him. Anyway, that's kind of what I am I imagine is going on here is that this, this person that's going to be taking the reins is just saying, hey, pass the baby here. Give me your prized possession. I will take yeah. care of it. I promise. And in the liner notes, so it just says, you pass the baby here. No, they won't shoot, comma, you pass the baby here. So they don't have the no, comma, they won't shoot. But I do think the no, comma is correct. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think uh, grammatically, yeah, that would be correct. So there's the the chorus one time. And then we go into the verse. And verse two goes, there's always something happening, but not for us to say. And uh, in in the theme of being this, the music industry, this industry the music industry is always active and changing. We aren't the ones in control. We're only along for the ride. There's always something happening, but not for us to say. We don't control it. We just ride the wave, man. Yeah. And uh, so then I have a, a this one single a non-rhyming line. line here. I love yeah, it. What we'll let them hear is candy they can't eat. I love it. The ear. I mean, I I just get it. He's saying ear candy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I didn't even. I mean, yes. I I, I put that together, but I didn't put that uh yeah. kind of phrase together when i thought of it yeah so writing a song they're gonna like yeah uh the amateurs keep typing the numbers keep on changing i think the amateurs are people trying to break into the music scene writing their songs that then there you go typing uh the numbers refer to what's topping the charts and how they're constantly changing the numbers mm. keep on changing oh man like what's on top? Are you hot? You're not. See ya. And you know the, the yeah. kind of like what they they saw with Cap, at Capitol Records was they were hot for a minute. Um, they didn't deliver, 
exactly yeah. what capital was expecting and then they kind of they didn't necessarily drop them but they all they, uh, they just kind of said you're not our priority anymore yeah uh and thinking back i do think that that i do believe that the capital records uh name has been dropped for this song too but very well who knows um and the last line of this second verse is it's almost too easy the pictures frame themselves i mean if you look back in history and i think this is it like that term of if you history is doomed to repeat itself, right? I mean, that, or not, maybe that's not exactly how it goes, but history will repeat itself. Um, and you can see the changes that have happened. It was a different music. If it was mm-hmm. like, if it was Motown, well, Motown had its moment and then it got into like, let's say psychedelic rock. And then it got into um, synth pop and then it got into grunge and alternative. It's just like, really, uh, if, if you don't see that that trend is happening, if you don't stay on top of that, then you're doomed to fail because you're just you're hanging on to something that's uh, not going to come back yeah. or it's not going to be popular, right? And you know what I thought of with that? The it's almost too easy. And the whole thing with with music going away is, and you've mentioned this. Um, when did K Earth? I remember Addison mentioning this. He goes, "I miss <laughs> yeah. old K Earth, man." And so yeah. I went on it's to uh, now. Yeah, I went on to Reddit, and it was on the Los Angeles subreddit, and they said. Uh, don't know, don't know if, but if you can get AM radio, check out K Surf 1260 on the mm-hmm. dial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that you were telling me that was the station that you would just have on the radio, kind of. Yeah, uh, we keep that on for the dogs. Yeah. 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 It's how, ni- how nice, though. It's like such peaceful music. Yeah. But I do specifically remember the moment that I realized K Earth was no longer the, the K Earth that I recall was when they started playing Phil Collins. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, another day in paradise, something happened on the way to heaven. That yeah, kind I remember of stuff hearing is, a bunch of stuff from the 80s, and I was like, yeah, oh, this ain't right. It's, yeah. And they, they still play a little bit of Motown, but it just wasn't the same. So Yeah. And I think that's what they're saying in this verse, is that it's it's almost too easy to see the trend. Uh, the pictures yeah. frame themselves. That's how obvious this is. Is We know where grunge is going to end up. We know where... Uh, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Email. Yeah, what did I say? So I, I likened this to um, Derek Delgadio is uh, a friend of mine. Um and he is an artist. He has a one-man show that's on Hulu right now um, called In and of Itself. He just released a book called A Moral Man. And there's a couple things that Derek has written that remind me of this verse here. So um, specifically that the numbers keep on changing and the pictures frame themselves. So in terms of the numbers keep on changing, yes, I do think if you look at it from a, a band industry type of uh, point of view, uh, I think that is a literal line, yes, of uh, uh, things are going to change and we all know how it ends. And I think that's probably more straightforward than the way I was interpreting it, which is um, that the goalposts are constantly being moved for the uh, benefit of the uh, ones in charge and not for the ones benefiting the ones in charge, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it made me think of this tweet that Derek had written years ago at this point. And, uh, it, Derek had this pinned to his profile for a while and he retweets it every now and again. He tweeted this August 29th, 2018. I used to rig card games for a living, which is true. That's what his book, a moral man is about. Um, I used to rig card games for a living. I'd watch people sit down and lose everything again and again but what they didn't lose because they played by the rules and we didn't but they didn't lose because they played by the rules and we didn't they lost 
because it wasn't a game. It just looked like one. Democrats think it's a game. So that is what Derek had tweeted back in 2018. And he retweets it very often because uh-huh. it's so true. And I think that is... I get a tinge of that from the lines in the second verse. The next thing is uh, there's a parable Plato's uh, shadow. Have you heard? Have you, are you familiar with Plato? I I, I would be paraphrasing a lot, but um, Plato has an allegory of people that are slaves in a cave watching shadows on a wall. Yeah. Yeah. And one person breaks out and Derek's book centers around not that, somebody breaks out and gets away or thinks to free the other people. But who are the people casting the shadows? Who are those people? Where are they from? What is their story? And, and those are the people that are pulling the strings. You know what I mean? Right. So both of those, that tweet and this parable that Derek talks about in his book, a moral man, uh, really ring true to me in this verse too, that there are people and powers at play that are going to constantly do what it whatever it takes to keep themselves in power and essentially like we set up at the beginning well that's our industry it's not personal it's just business right um that type of deal so it's not a game it just looks like one that's oh, man. Uh, yeah yeah it's powerful stuff so anyway uh that's what made me think of that uh anyway yeah uh pick up a moral man it's a terrific book and on Hulu in and of itself, uh, turn off your phone, spend 90 minutes with it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, and that nice way to, to kind of put a cap on that. I didn't really have anything else to say. The, the chorus comes back a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> right. But that yeah. was a, yeah, great, uh, great interpretation of, um, of those lines there. Yeah. This, yeah. I, I think this does have to have to do with either if it is the music industry, I still feel like it, it, uh, it goes up to the top tier, like you were saying, where there's there's powers that be that can really control things. And uh, yeah. and we're just trying to make it make a living in this with whatever rules it is that they're setting. So, yeah, yeah a heavy, heavy song that gives way to a heavy, heavy outro, um, which is just so much fun to listen to. Um, and with that outro, is there we we sort of track down some information uh about it from a stylistic standpoint um and it it sort of uh, it's talked about that it's a song that's in three movements that we'll get yeah. into yeah um but i did want to uh, if you open up did i send you the link to frameio um no but i can get it uh if you open up this episode on frameio and i think i can send this to you um when Jim did his Q&A mini dive, um, this gentleman, his name was Angelo the OK, uh, had asked Jim on Twitter about the outro for uh, Pass the Baby. So I figured before we go in and, and talk about the song, we might as well hear it from the horse's mouth. Um, so if you play that clip, Angelo the OK on Twitter. Okay. Uh, on Frame.io, we can hear uh, Angelo ask the question and Jim expand upon that. Hey, Jim, I was wondering uh, how you came up with the ending to the song Pass the Baby and how you're able to remember all the weird time signatures. The end of Pass the Baby from our album Integrity Blues. That song was always this conceptual beast 
it was always going to take on this journey of pretty and textural into this the <laughs> the lowest of stoner rock that we can come up with. <laughs> the pit of Hades. Maybe this deserves its own mini dive, but I'll give you the short answer. You know, we wanted to make this thing that was evolving, that was disorienting because it was changing all the time. That's what we set out to do. And the way we did that was basically like there's a A riff. It's like the basic thing. And then there's certain parts of the riff that change as it develops, like how many times it holds out the low D note or how many times it holds out the lar- the, the higher D note at the end of the riff, how many or how quickly it goes back into the start of the riff. So it was basically like charting out what's going to happen on which interval and then memorizing it. There really no, there's really no easy way to do it. You just kind of like learn. <laughs> you just sort of like practice. Okay, here's one. Now we practice one going into two. Now we practice one, two, and three. It's like, uh, you know, memorizing a speech for a class or something. You just start at the beginning and, and until you feel comfortable there. And then you move on a little bit further. And then you move on a little bit further. <laughs> because we wanted that sense of disorientation as it's going on. You're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. It just keeps going. I don't get it. Like, well, yeah, of course you don't get it. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. We just, you know, said this is going to go three times. Then it's going to go quickly back into the top. Then it's going to go on four times. Then it's going to go three on the high part and two on the low part. <laughs> just, just kind of made it up on the fly. And then that became what the album is. Man. So yeah, sonically, it follows the same narrative that the lyrics, right? It's just, it's ever changing. There's no pattern. Correct. Yeah, there's no discernible uh, pattern that makes any sense. But, of course, I went and asked uh, our buddy Paul um, Uh to break it down for us. And he broke it down in a way that was really fun. Um, So I have notes that I can read from Paul, but let's listen to his voice note that he sent on how to count this out. All right, here we go. So when David invited me to listen to the song Pass the Baby, uh, his text to me said, next week has a rad outro that you might enjoy. Bonkers time signature stuff for sure. And as I turned on the song, um, you know, I kind of wasn't sure what to expect. Uh, I turn on the tune and the beginning... The beginning part, really, the fir- more than the first half of the song, is so laid back and sparse and mellow. It's got a great vibe. I texted him back and I said, wow, it's totally giving me um, the vibe of that group, the XX. Just the uh, the minimal space and kind of electronic minimal drums and really, really delicate guitar parts with a nice reverb factor. Uh, and then partway through the song, I text him again and I say, but now the drums and acoustic guitar just, ca- just came in and I found it surprising. David texted me back a gif of Jack Nicholson giving me a knowing smile and nod like he knew it was about to come and I still had no idea. And finally, when the outro to the song shows up, I texted him back, okay, Rage Against the Machine just showed up. And from there, uh, it's been an exciting journey trying to figure out exactly what in the world is going on for the outro of Pass the Baby. 
I literally had to sit down with this song and count quarter notes uh, to time out how long it took them to get through each pass on this outro theme that they play over and over with slight variations each time in different places. It is just a wonderfully exciting and stimulating. They, they keep you guessing on this entire outro. And basically, they do the outro uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times through. And each time, uh, they do it slightly differently. And so overall quarter notes that I had to count for each time through uh, numbered as follows. Uh, 13 quarter notes to get through the first pass, 15 the second time, 16 after that, back to 15, and then climaxing with a 17 quarter note pass followed by two 14 uh, note times through. And so when we're dealing with stuff that sounds odd, time signature-wise, um, one of the easiest ways to kind of put some kind of structure and meaning behind it is to just to divide it by four and to see how many, uh, since the whole song has been more or less in common time in 4-4 four, four meter, uh, it's easiest to just say, well, they give us this many fours and then they throw an odd-timed uh, meter or measure at the very end of that phrasing. So the first pass through, you could say they give us two measures of four beats each followed by a 5-4 measure. For the 15-beat uh, version, you could say they give us three measures of four each, totaling 12, followed by a measure of 3-4. 16, we get four equal 4-4 four, four bars. And then we get to 15 where they shave off one. We get three bars of four followed by a three, four bar. And then the granddaddy of them all, three, four, four measures followed by a five, four measure totaling 17 quarter notes. And then two identical 14 note passes at, at three measures of four, four followed by a two, four measure each time. And with that final quarter note on the last pass, the song is done. I was tired. I was sweating. I was confused. It was all the best things um, about rock and roll. And uh, so really enjoyed this one. Grateful for the chance to, uh, to hear it for the first time under, under the watchful eye of Jimmy Eat Pod. Once he recorded the voice note, it made more sense to me. But I like unless that were written down on the set list, I wouldn't know how to count that out live. I guess like Jim says, you just learn it and it, it's like you memorizing a speech or something. You just know you you know it. You feel it. You, you, you know, you're the one that wrote the song. You Of course, you're going right. to write, you know, and you just yeah, you memorize, like you said, with like, let's say that first the first two where you go 13 and 15, you go from 12 and then you go one extra uh, beat. Yeah. And then the next one you do three more beats. You just remember it's extra. The extra is going to be one, then three, yeah. then four, then three, exactly. then five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy. I mean, I get I get it. Once they put it together, it, it yeah. sounds so good. And it's not that complicated, but it's so different that right. it sounds, <laughs> it sounds and magical. So, and so, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's still four, four time with extra measures. Is that what it is? Um, yes, that's it. It's just kind of like, okay. if you could just, ca if you could count out one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and then every now and then you would throw in one or two extra beats. And that's essentially it. Just remember, you're always going to try and go back to the four. So one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six. Right. Yeah. You've got the idea. Yeah. Oh, what was I going to look at? It made me think of, Hey, yeah, which is 11, four. And uh, so I was like, well, hey, yeah, feels like 4-4, four, four, but it has extra measures at the end. Um, and so, yeah, that's an 11-4 song. Um, Jeez. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I know, right? 
<laughs> this is <laughs> why I don't read song, music. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Outcast, hey, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember counting it out and determining, like, on my own. I was like, I think this is 11-4. And I just Googled it. Um, and sure enough, it is. Um, so now we can di- dip into track notes. I have the ASCAP info. There was nothing special. It's a, you know, it's... um. Oh, it always takes so long to open. There's so many cookies and stuff on their website. <laughs> um, what does it say? There was. Uh, I just wanted to give you the publishing information, and of course, it's not loading. Oh, there's nothing to write home about. They split the publishing with ASCAP. Um, oh, okay. Uh, genius notes on the track. Uh, this is where uh, somebody had copied and pasted uh, some. Uh, uh, interview quotes from jim uh and i'm trying to see was there another because like i i uh i copied a bunch of information from jim on many different uh on many different publications and yeah i don't see this blurb it's hard not to uh count something twice um so jim is quoted as saying you're faced with a musical puzzle when you're writing and recording. And sometimes you take the easy familiar road to solve the problem and you don't even realize you're doing it, but there might be a more challenging, interesting road that you might, that you need that outside perspective to bring in and further challenge you. So I guess having Justin in the process was really helpful across the board. We got the feedback we'd never have come up with on our own. A song like Pass the Baby, it always was the concept that it is, but I think that we might not have chosen to develop that to a complete state without him pushing us on. Um, So that is that. And speaking of JMJ, did you see his quote? uh, He did an interview. Yikes. I didn't write where this interview was done. Um, But it was linked to from uh, vintageking.com. This was uh, I found this link of all places on Jimmy Eat Wiki. Um, I, oh wow! Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't go through that site. No. Yeah. So JMJ, they, JMJ actually has a whole blurb on this song in particular. So he says there's a song called "Pass the Baby," which is very performance based piece of music that has basically three distinct parts. So we, what we mentioned earlier, the final section has this really heavy monster riffage kind of proggy Sabbathy sound. We spent a lot of time in pre-production getting it right because I really wanted this to sound like it was one big performance without it feeling edited together. It's a pretty bonkers piece of music, with it not only being pretty long, but also having odd meters and elaborate phrase counts. But it wasn't edited that way. It was performed that way. I tend to be very principled when it comes to that. I don't want things to sound cobbled together. Also, it's pretty satisfying to capture the results of a band struggling and persevering. I like the character that approach gives. We recorded that in Sunset Sound 2, and the sonics of it came out very cool. Frankly, the song wasn't really in the Jimmy Eat World wheelhouse, which is why it was so fun for all of us to do. It was cool to go through the process of making that and the pride that they felt in doing it in one massive take. Now it's become one of their live show staples. And I think that's true. This yeah. is absolutely a highlight in their set. And who, what bands can say that 25 years on that they're adding an absolute staple into their set. Right. Um, there is, so we could go through the songfacts.com. Uh, they, There's lots they of sort of stuff in there. There is. And they gather it from all of these great locations and I'm, I was thinking of just going through those, those sites individually. I'd mentioned Rolling Stone to you earlier today. 
Um, and we can still cover them. Uh, I wanted to start with uh, Consequence of Sound. Yeah. This was kind of a big one that uh, they mentioned. It seems like each each publication has some kind of band that they're likening their sound to. <laughs> totally. You know, everyone picks one. Um, and this one just happens to be the XX. So this is what uh, Consequence of Sound had to say is, where the, where the peppiness and energy of 2008's invented and damaged sometimes felt contrived, Jimmy Eat World harnessed a distinctly darker, slower sound on Integrity Blues, a vibe they explored on their 2005 Stay On My Side Tonight EP. Great. Uh, gotta well, yeah, be somebody's this blues. Right in with Stay On My Side, yeah. Right? Um, but this album isn't a rehash of Jimmy Eat World's old work. Just take the breathtaking Pretty Grids and Pass the Baby, which show how the band are still testing the borders of their sound. It makes for thrilling, intimate listening. Um, uh, Adkins croons and you glimpse at it too in regards to all I see up close is magic past the baby too moves through different phases there's a mention of the phases Adkins menacingly controlled voice over a low mildly mechanized drum pattern into twinkling the XX-esque guitar and finally crisp clean, cleansing riffage <laughs> riffage why does everybody know that band I don't know that band I yeah I don't know them either uh, it throws you for a loop but it feels wholly earned and most importantly great we got a mention of the XX there, which I should give them a listen, huh? We should both. Uh, so I did pull up one of their songs. This is like their most popular song. I'll put it up in um, in Watch Together. Okay. I think it's called Angels, maybe? Let me see. I've already forgot. I, I just have the link. Let's see what the link says. Angels. This song has 70 million views. Shadow it is more than I thought could exist. You move through the room like breathing was easy. If someone believed me, they would be as in love with you as I am. They would be as in love with you as I am. Sounds like Julian Baker to me. Yeah, I think you would know uh, "Crystallized" more. Oh, should we play a little of that? That's yeah. Go I, ahead. I, That's I the one, the track that I heard. Popular track, thinking. Yeah, "Crystallized," an older one, like the late two thousand. Well, you know, the first decade at least. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let's peep a little bit of "Crystallized." I think I was listening uh, on XM radio still at this time. It's so funny. They came on. That's Paul that that person's playing. I feel like I've seen Jim play. (laughs) This sounds insanely early 2000s. Yep. songs are comparable like yeah. in terms of how this feels 
Mm-hmm. A lot of build here. Oh, yeah. When you're the one that I've kept closest Hi, hi, hi Man, this reminds me of hanging out at Fred 62 in like 2005 <laughs> Oh man Like when you're like, oh, people actually live in Los Feliz <laughs> That's I think you and I were in Los Feliz together around the same time That was when oh, yeah, I was uh... Fred 62 never closes yeah except for you know for covid that was the first time <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i love fred what, what's your go-to fred 62 order oh boy i'd have to look again um oh, it was so bearded mr frenchy yeah that's uh, f- uh brioche french toast rolled in cornflakes oh boy okay i've seen pictures of that plenty of yeah, pictures that's good anyway yes i i hear it for sure the xx but yeah mm-hmm. I, people are throwing on the xx so much paul consequence yeah. of sound this uh whoever else i found that talked about it <laughs> yeah drowned in sound says yes uh it's served well by another big pop melody uh pushed to the fore by tegan and sarah producer m83 bassist justin meldel johnson pass the baby add some teeth to the whole affair malcontentedly growling for a few minutes before launching into a breakdown reminiscent of late smashing pumpkins it's a little try hard Uh, And the friendly production doesn't quite grant it the blood it deserves, but it succeeds nonetheless. Oh, my Uh, gosh. (laughs) I mean, I guess they have to be critics, but geez. Yeah, totally. Um, You know, yeah, I remember somebody saying it sounded like, um, uh, uh, what was it? Um, Where did I find that? Uh, Somebody had said that uh, there was a specific Smashing Pumpkin song. Oh, no, it wasn't specific. They mentioned the fragile by Nine Inch Nails, which I have uh, queued up. Yeah, and there's oh, okay, a yeah. there's a spot in so it's an album, which is from 1999, a double album actually, and so I guess Tom Morello is playing guitar on this album. And so, oh, that's so funny. I thought that was a clever way of saying Tom Morello playing that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like to say, oh, a guitar player playing on this version of this band, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I understood it to be that he was playing. I mean, I wasn't a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. Uh, Me neither, but I, yeah. You know, it, this, so this album, let me play, I'll play a little bit of kind of where I, I feel like they're gathering that, uh, that representation from. So this is the second track on the Fragile album titled uh, The Day the World Went Away. Let me go ahead and jump it up to exactly where I feel uh, that moment occurs here. This is uh, just over halfway sure. on The Day the World Went Away. Very jarring when it comes in.
And then it just Ivy. stops. Yeah, it wow. just stops. And I, I can't not picture Trent Reznor hanging from strings playing that little piano. <laughs> you know, sure, at the yeah, end of that totally. music video. <laughs> but it does. It does song. It, it goes into the next track, which is a short track of him playing the little piano. That uh, that sort of uh, kind of off key. Yeah, um, I actually really enjoyed that. Kind of I like Trent that is. and Atticus's work in movie scores, and I just never really like cared all that much about Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Like, um, there were the singles that they played on K Rock and and all of that stuff, but I didn't really care about it. I remember one time I saw him uh, pre pandemic at Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland pushing a stroller, and I was like uh is that trent reznor and i had to ask i had to ask Susie, and she was like yeah that's trent reznor and we had to like google it like trent reznor has a kid like <laughs> um doesn't seem like kind the of type, funny, huh? like just seeing him being a dad yeah um yeah yeah exactly definitely doesn't seem like he'd be the type but uh seemed like a good dad i mean he was just being a dad dadding around um i i, I would be remiss if i didn't say like come on it, it sounds like this Man, what a jam. Cool, what a jam. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it just, uh, it's, it, I, I don't think I could put my finger on what it sounded like. And then Paul's like, Oh shit. Rage Against the Machine showed up. And I was like, Oh my God, it's Rage yeah. Against the Machine. <laughs> the underlying factors. Tom Morello is uh, involved in this somehow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we have since we're in uh review and, uh, and, and write up land. Yeah. Uh, did you see the pick? Yeah, they did work review. I, that's what I have up right now. Oh, nice. um, and and they say uh, even in his less re- resolute days, Atkins was always a tryhard type. Come on, guys! Isn't that the second time somebody called him yeah. tryhard? Jeez! And his I'd like to point new- out they gave this album a seven point three out of ten. Like that's yeah. really good for Jimmy yeah. Rollins' pitchfork. But they they're not going to leave without you know slamming him one in the ribs here, low blow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they love slamming <laughs> low. And his new bootstraps mentality can aggravate that impulse. The thematically impenetrable past the baby. Creeps from a monotone, no-fi electronic lurch to math rock pummeling, a reminder that Adkins once branded himself a Jesus Lizard ripoff artist and proof that menace and obscurity are the opposite of what they're good at. What's Jesus Lizard? I have no idea. I'm going to look up um, (laughs) the band. uh, Oh, man. Problem. Search Google. Yeah, the Jesus Jesus Lizard, Lizard, right? So their top track is Then Comes Dudley. So just looking real quickly, these guys look like they've been around for a while. Um, they're an American rock. I know. Isn't that so bad? That's us, dude. That's yeah. us. That could be us on there. <laughs> um, then comes it. Let me play a little bit of Then Comes Dudley's. Yeah, I can hear it. Love that bass. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a bad Raging It's Machine ripoff. Yeah. This is the cover band that's playing in the... Uh, the shoe store. <laughs> all right, let's see if they sing it at all. 
Right. <laughs> I could see Jim and the band opening with something. Not even opening, but just kind of warming up with something like <laughs> <Totally>. this. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the Jesus Lizard. Yeah. If you're ever wandering in Tempe and you hear this coming from somewhere, you found Unit 2. Yes. There it is. They're just warming up, bros. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I do also have the full uh, the full mention of Nine Inch Nails from All Music. Oh, okay, yeah, let's hear it. All right, here it goes. Uh, Elsewhere, Integrity Blues distinguishes itself with new adventures and experimentation. Past the Baby is the album's standout centerpiece, a three-in-one journey through atmospheric textures, an expansive release, and an unexpectedly heavy coda that ends up sounding surprisingly like Tom Morello playing on Nine Inch Nails' The Fragile. Oh, there They you. haven't gone yeah this hard since Nothing Wrong or Get It Faster. Uh, it's one of their best songs to date and the clearest example of the band's creative revitalization. Now, it's it's neat that they mention Get It Faster because when I was listening to the intro and it it made me think of Get It Faster, which I was listening to earlier today, in fact, on my Jimmy mm. Rocks playlist. But uh, it's just odd that, uh, you know, they, I mean, it's the same band, so maybe it's not that odd, but that the fact that they mentioned that specific song when uh, that's what I was reminded of when listening to it earlier today. And uh, just for uh, just to mention nothing wrong, they spelled it with a space in there. Fake in their fans. <laughs> and uh, did you go through? Did you look through the the chorus FM interview with Zach Lind? I, I you know I thought I had that Zach Lind interview uh, bookmarked, and I searched for "Fast the Baby" in the article. It must not have come up with anything. I, okay, I, I blame Firefox, but tell uh, me, yeah, blame Firefox. There's. There were three mentions of this. So on, let me go back to the top and see. This was the interview with Zach Lind of Jimmy World, October 19th, 2016. Doing their press tour, I'm, sur- I'm sure. Uh, the first song we have to talk about, which is one of those new things, is Pass the Baby, which is probably the weirdest song Jimmy World has ever done. Jim has some very different lyrics on it, and the song starts and ends in two different places. What was the genesis like that? Uh, genesis like for that one? Uh, and so Zach goes on to say, the idea of that song has been around for 10 years or so. Uh, every time it came time to make a record, it was like, do we really want to do that? And so Jim outlined with Justin the idea that we start the song in, in this place and it needs to end in this radical, totally different place. It's sort of the idea of there being a riff that never replicates. It's similar, but ah. it is never the same. Justin was immediately like, okay, we have to do that. In a weird way, he gave us permission to do it. And so we did. So yeah, it ended up the way it did. We're really happy how it turned out nice Uh uh-huh and there's a couple other mentions of this um talking about how did you approach the drumming on this record and adding your touch to these songs Uh, for me personally i was always try i always try to serve the song i don't really have a specific approach the only thing i did differently on this record was i added a tom to my drum set having an extra tom sort of changes the choices you make that helped me in songs like sure and certain and pass the baby where there's a lot of drum stuff, especially in that breakdown when he just walks down the drums, oh, yeah. do do go go, just stepping down them. Uh, and the last mention oh, yeah. in here uh, is they talk about they bring up my enemy and what was uh, what was swa- swapped out for my enemy. So oh boy, I think they swapped out the here it goes, <laughs> um, my enemy for here it goes, but whatever my enemy didn't end up on the on the album. And so they ask, it's funny you mentioned that happening. Um, at the 11th hour, uh, my enemy getting swapped because I've always loved your B-sides. I know at least among the hardcore fan base, there's always a lot of talk over the track listing for the albums and whether certain songs should have been included and stuff like that. What's the process like? 
Is it like you said, and you vote on things, then later down the line, there are songs you regret not putting on records, like Be Sensible. Um, and he just says, Zach says, in the last part of his responses, in the end, people will be able to hear My Enemy. My Enemy was probably the most rocking song apart from the end of Pass the Baby on the record. It was definitely mm. more aggressive. So I'm, I'm sure that they took a look at it and said, well, look, Pass the Baby does this thing that we don't really do that often. And My Enemy is great. I mean, I, I think I even texted you a month or so ago. Um, I thought it was a new Jimmy track because I hadn't heard My Enemy in years. Yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah, it's a pretty hard hitting track, but got swapped out on the record. So that's what they had to say in the Chorus FM interview. That's good. There was mm-hmm. a bit that you had said about what JMJ was like, push them. And, yeah. and Jim even mentioned it. Uh, there was an article in The Sun uh, that Jim uh, had ta- had been asked about this song. So it says, The Sun asked Jim Atkins if there was a particular song on Integrity Blues that Justin Meldel Johnson especially helped with. He replied, one would be the choice to record Past the Baby. That idea had been around for a while but was too hard to find the time to complete it to start as one song and morph into a metal sludge fest with no repeating phrases. He said, okay, then that's what you're doing. So (laughs) JMJ again, uh, basically them talking about him making them pushing them to, to do the uncomfortable thing. Well, you want to hear a, want to hear a review that sounds like something we would write very positive. Oh, totally. (laughs) This one comes from all punked up. Uh, Jimmy World still got it. The band whose latest album, Integrity Blues, was certainly one of our favorites from last year, was back at Reading and Leeds this year. Among the songs they played was Pass the Baby, and they showed a truly impressive live performance with guitar riffs and drums smashing, some things that we miss these days with other bands. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about, uh, I wonder if you talked about this one, the artist direct blurb. Did you read that one? No, I did. I did not. So artist direct had a blurb from Jim where he says, pass the baby is one that I always like to play just because it's a three part song that starts with this really low bass drone, kind of nine inch nails sounding thing. And then in the middle of the song, it goes up to this pink Floyd kind of acoustic part. And then it goes into, I think the heaviest riff we've ever done in a song. So I think that's definitely one of the funnest to play, uh, funnest for me to play. And that is an interview he did with artist direct. Um, he also did, uh, uh, Rolling Stone, uh, Jonathan Bernstein with Rolling Stone. Uh, here's what Jonathan Bernstein had to say about it. The resulting LP features some of the band's most adventurous musical statements in years, such as Pass the Baby, which builds from moody electropop to explosive hard rock and the title track, which sets Adkins voice against soaring ambient strings. Uh, and then Jim goes on in that interview to say, um, Past the Baby was a song that's been laying around for a while. The song itself is about manipulation and how you short how your short-term gains sometimes come back and blossom into something that's not really what you expected or hoped for and having to reckon with that. I explained to Justin Meldel Johnson that the song does this thing at the end where it stays within the melodic elements that have already been established but it completely changes the vibe and intensity. And he was like, okay, we're definitely doing that then. Plus we just love to rock. We love to rock deep down inside. (laughs) We're just eighth grader, eighth graders who love metal. So you've got to throw a bone to that kid. Sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I want to (laughs) rock. That's what I imagine. He was. uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, So yeah. Um, Yeah. Now in the the wiki. Uh huh. 
uh, in the wiki and also on Pitchfork, uh, I, I had mentioned, or you could, if you went to the wiki, you could read this. The first thing that they mentioned on the wiki, on the Wikipedia page and Pitchfork's review mentioned NoFi. Now there's a lot of like descriptors for different types of yes, music that we've yeah, talked. Uh-huh. So I had to look up NoFi and I actually prefer Urban Dictionary's uh, definition uh, as opposed to Wikipedia's. So NoFi. While lo-fi means music recordings that are recorded raw and dirty, like in someone's basement, no-fi refers to recordings that are even dirtier and rawer, usually recorded in places like someone's bedroom with extra noise. Even those who like some lo-fi stuff will will sometimes run no-fi recordings, um, especially the extremely noisy, often deliberately shitty-sounding ones perpetrated by um, black metal, shitcore, and noise rock bands. Shitcore. Yeah, there's always something, man. I think one of my favorites, I've mentioned this, is butt rock. Just because <laughs> the visualization of butt rock. Um, so that's no-fi, is that uh, it just sounds very raw and uh, yeah, yeah, organic. The rock, it's it's so butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's too butt. Oh, man. It will never get old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Um this is ARTV. I believe this is Mr. Movie Phone. This song is just phenomenal and towering. The end is beautiful, feels a little bit too familiar as well. Kind of like the issues I was having with You With Me. That's one that I just felt like I was a little bit tiresome that kicked off the album. The end is beautiful. It's got this slow acoustic guitar. And I understand I that he's kind of it. pouring out some emotion old songs from the past decade. This song is just phenomenal and towering. The end is beautiful. The bridge of this thing and just our very simple there paired up with some electronics not really sounding that great but obviously we have so many on the album to contrast that and especially i have to give praise and highlight the tune through it's the shortest one on this album but it's okay, one well, of the I most powerful definitely missed the mark on my how hopeful it is the guitars <laughs> soar on the bridge of this thing and just are very simplistic but Let's they also have so voice. much inertia and life <laughs> in them and i love that it just keeps the album driving forward it's probably one of my favorite jimmy eat world songs there from the go. past decade this song is just phenomenal and towering the end is beautiful feels a little oh, bit too okay. familiar That's as well kind of like the issues oh, okay so you did have it but he just didn't mention the, tr- the track name yeah it wasn't uh, all that exciting. <laughs> um, uh, so that's that ARTV guy. Then there's Spectrum Pulse. Uh, this guy's got eyebrows for days. Uh, so, okay, supposedly it's 647 on his video. Let's, uh, we'll see <laughs> how that works out for me. <laughs> He's holding him back, burning away. And I really do love the sentiment of the final song, Paul Roger, where our protagonist is alone in some park, but he's not alone. <laughs> Paul Roger. Oh, oh so man. confident. I, I definitely think I've somehow missed the mark on his video, too. How did I miss it so badly? Uh, let's go to four minutes into his video. That makes more sense with it being track five. And again, you could also compare those moments to the grinding grooves of Pretty Grit, which is a past the baby that eventually break into a Muse-esque mathcore breakdown, or the very clear Muse influence on the guitar tones, progressions, or even parts of the vocal line of Get Right. Why is this guy yelling at me? I don't know, man. <laughs> what did I do wrong? Dude. Bro. <laughs> on Spectrum Pulse. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, everybody's got something to say about something, yeah. I guess. Um. And, uh, oh, I did love this. Uh, I went and found a Q&A they did on Twitter. Uh, and I remember, like, refreshing their Twitter to find these answers that they were doing. Uh, and there's some gems in there. Like, 
delightful gems but specifically somebody asked tom what his favorite song was off of integrity blues my favorite new song is a song called pass the baby so a man a few words and uh oh i of course i scoured their twitter as i normally do and literally the only time the band has ever mentioned the song on their twitter is a response to Jamie Mayers on February 2nd, 2017. What was the hardest song to record on Integrity Blues? And their response, Pass the Baby. Oh, man. I went ahead and retweeted that with Paul's uh, uh, beat counts (laughs) numbers. (laughs) 13, 15, 16, 15, 17, 14, 14. People probably think those are the lost numbers. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Um, and then I was looking and looking and looking and I could not find it for the life of me, but I remembered that the band had launched a video on their website that was hosted on Vimeo and I found the link to it on Vimeo, but it's set to private right now. Uh, but they had post the, the very first teaser for integrity blues at all was using this bridge that, or this, you know, outro breakdown and it was so insane so i sent you a picture of their instagram that says stay tuned jimmyworld.com which is how i knew to look there but it was this like overhead drone shot of uh, a road you know a, a desert road and uh and it was just the uh and i was i really wanted to find that video but i couldn't find it so if anybody has it uh, send it over to us uh it would be a weird thing for you to have because you would have had to re- think oh i should save this but uh right it's pretty cool <laughs> and then uh i saw that they had opened uh, uh, house of blues anaheim with this song and i was at the house of blues anaheim show and i va- i vividly remember it because i hated that show so much mostly because <laughs> of the venue not because of the band at all uh and there was a really amazing japanese band that had opened for them uh, they all wore wolf masks. It was oh, really yeah. insane. Um, but uh, uh, they were great. And the band was fine, but the venue was just so bad. Uh, and it's the new House of Blues Anaheim, so it's like not even like they can do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that kind of covers all of the track notes I have. Uh, oh, what did it? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Drown in Sound, I had written that their record highlight was Past the Baby because it's an expansive exploration of both kraut and post rock before blossoming into an almighty rift devouring beast. And I just thought those were funny words. To use. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have said that congratulations is the past the baby of integrity blues. Um, and I found my, I found me online saying that in several places. Um, and, uh, Oh, <laughs> in that interesting stuff I found on that Twitter Q and a, I thought you would enjoy this. Uh, we've talked about what kind of whiskey Rick likes and sure enough, here he is answering it. Current whiskey of choice is the Yamazaki 12-year-old. It's really soft, smooth, and uh, a full palate. It's delicious. So that was asked by Ezra Gatig. Here is the final little thing I wanted to play from that Q&A. And this is uh, Zach's answer to what are three words you would use to describe Integrity Blues. And I have a feeling he probably had passed the baby on his mind when he gave these. (laughs) My three words to describe Integrity Blues would be experimental, challenging, and satisfying. <laughs> oh boy, satisfying. So, yeah, 
I imagine that uh, Pass the Baby was probably uh, on his mind at that at yeah. that time. Um, and so, yeah, that is all of the track notes that I have. Um, anything from Community that stood out for you? Were you able to find anything? I couldn't find anything that was... Uh... Somebody had asked if, you know, what would your wrestling walkout bot song be? And somebody said this, uh, pass the baby. And I was like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. Um, uh, <laughs> more people saying that it was kind of like congratulations. Um, somebody, somebody likening Jimmy world songs to foods and, and like other things. So he had said, pass the baby carrots for this. Um, uh, uh, somebody asked what it's about wrong answers only. And somebody said it's a really twisted game of hot potato using a baby. Um, <laughs> uh, this I loved. Okay. So check out this video that somebody had posted to Twitter. This is posted by Sam Wooley. And here's a clip of Jimmy world, literally summoning lightning with the riff of past the baby. Check out this video. So you can see the storm brewing in the background. This is sick. Oh, That's so tight. It's so sick. Wasn't that great? Like, how yeah. could you, how, who could time that better? That's incredible. Right. Man. <laughs> wow. Summoning. Oh, perfect. Summoning. What um, a word. Uh, people posted their theories about the song that it's about Trump, that it's about police brutality, that it's about uh, the music industry uh, and all that type of stuff. Um, user Sainted Ward had submitted it to Reddit for the song of the week. Uh, and they said, starting like a regular Jimmy World slow burner, but it's darker, more ominous, almost Nine Inch Nails territory. Then the guitars come in where uh, where it could resurge into epic territory, but then they just go into the opposite direction and have fun. Live, it's brilliant. It looks like they're having fun and allows the crowd to cut loose. And uh, um, JG429 says, I remember an interview with Jim where he says it's uh, for the 15-year-old metal head inside of him. And you know what? I feel that. When you know the song, uh, you just really look forward to that drop. Um and so that was the Reddit song of the week thing. Uh, it ended up in the worst, the worst survivor because it was out in round one of the 2019 survivor. And then they right. went the worst in the worst in 2019. They took all of the, the songs that were out in the first round and pit them up against each other. And it made it to round. It was out in round three of the worst of the worst survivor uh, 2017 survivor. It placed 11th out of 11, I guess. So that's also bad. So people didn't like the song. Um, even though a lot of people were saying there's another song on the record that they would think is the worst song. I don't remember what it is at the moment. Um, but this is, uh, uh, here, here you go on Jake T. O'Donnell's list. He would number this. If you wanted no pass the baby in your burger. 86. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Great. Uh, and I only know that from your discord discussion recently. <laughs> um, Forget the first three and a half minutes of the song, which are allegedly about the uninitiated consequences, unintended consequences of manipulation, according to Jim. Whatever. Everything changes after a soft interlude when suddenly the drums start crashing and Jim, Tom, and Rick launch into a bone-crutching, chill-inducing prog metal riff that would make Tool think, fuck, why didn't we do that? Underneath is one of the single best drum performances of Zach Lynn's career. 
This came out of nowhere on their ninth record and is the biggest what the actual fuck moment of their entire record recording catalog. I still love it after many, many listens. It's a live showstopper now, too. And one, I suspect they will play at most shows the rest of their careers. Um, so I love that from Jake T. O'Donnell. Um, now, I have a th- uh, I have some some choice videos to watch. OK. Um, of them playing it live. One is a drum cam of Zach playing the outro here. Uh, and that's just like, that's just like porn. This is not safe for work um, <laughs> because it's, it's, he's got a GoPro set up right over his uh, hi hat, essentially kind of looking over his shoulder. Uh, and it's just such a great angle. Um, and this is them in Hamburg on November 16th, 2016. He's got a customs. Kind of weird just to see Jim off doing his thing over there. Yeah, right. I saw him adjust his uh, in-ear monitors. fun to watch four five six do that at the roxy i was so impressed um here is when they did it at the iheart radio so this is a pro shop performance and we can hear a little bit of how they did the intro um because uh it sounds just as good as that it, oh well, even better because it's pro shot it's interesting because this is where you play your big singles and stuff and they decided to play yeah, pass the baby at this performance i remember watching this at work a bit of a deep cut it's about the unintended consequences of manipulation. There, hey, there it is. There's yeah. the blurb from the horse's mouth. That beautiful, beautiful horse. That beautiful wet mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching. Oh, fingering too. This I guess pod just got X-rated, down. man. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, Jim's holding back, man. Oh, yeah. He's definitely ideating Clark right now. This will be in the playlist, so if anybody wants to watch the full thing, but it is worth a watch. Now, this is really weird. They played in Santiago, Chile, February 4th, 2017. Did not play Pass the Baby. Yet, at the end of Pain, they went on a little longer. Oh, boy. And they did a little thing. So, uh, of course, you know, I I made a timestamp. So supposedly at 3138 on this video, because it's the full concert, 3138, we should hear pain going into the Pass the Baby outro. Let's take a listen. Lollapalooza, Chile. Robin. (laughs) (laughs) He's in the zone, man. Whoa. He's psychedelic. What the hell is Robin doing back there? Damn. Listen to Tom go. Great ending for pain. Jeez. <laughs> that was tight. <laughs> so, yeah, weird that they did it at the end. I mean, very cool that they did it at the oh, end yeah. of pain, but that is not a uh, normal occurrence, so I thought that was really fun. Um, I have a rave DJ. Do you have a rave DJ? I don't, man. I am excited to hear yours, though. Check out and be prepared in the shock and awe <laughs> of Baby on Parade. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited to... Uh... I, I have an idea of which two songs are mashed together. But all right, here we go. This is Baby on Parade. Mama, 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 mama. 
song where like not it didn't evolve it was just all the outro like I love hearing that guitar under Zach De La Roca to download this as a, its own little track because this is something I would put in my library. <laughs> this is uh this is perfect. There's no issues with <laughs> sinking, no nothing. visualizations work with this, man. Ten out of ten, man. Wow. I, I really liked it. <laughs> that would get me pumped. Yeah, man, that's yeah, that's that's now on your run playlist. Oh yeah, man, baby on parade. Who would have thought? Baby on parade <laughs> sounds like something that uh, you know you, your kids would be listening to on the on the YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your kids are gonna love it. Um, any covers? Uh, so I had a couple that I came across. Yeah, uh, Sugar Pill covers. Yes, did a great one. Let's hear it. All right, here we go. He's this is gonna great. be yeah, yeah, solid from. Sugar pill. All right, this is sugar pills. I like his intro too. Uh, the way that he does, like, it, I'm a fake ass completely... fan, so I didn't watch it yet. I just knew that it would be pretty good. Uh, it's just a black screen for the first bit.
So two things, even practicing that and getting it down has got to be so much fun. Dude, yeah. Like, and, the, and he posted this October 21st, 2016. Like, how did he do it? <laughs> he just gets it, man. Yeah, he's ready. Uh, and I, I wonder, how is he not bent over? I mean, that is just, just like Tom was. I just want, I would just want to be. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, just yeah. over the guitar. I don't know, man. Standing up straight like that still sounded great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sugar pill rules. Uh, yeah. What else do you got? I got, uh, I saw this on your playlist. I've got uh, Chutney Spades with the. Chutney Spades. So this is the bass cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. hear Chutney Spades. All right. What kind of hat is that? It's a, it's your, your typical, uh, I think it's like a Canadian Minnesota. Oh, you'd wear it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have one of those. I don't know what they're called. It's a, it's just an aviator hat. Oh man, listen to that sound. That's one hundred percent what that bass sounds like. <laughs> I gotta learn this. That looks like a great warm up riff. Chutney Spades. <laughs> the thumbs up afterward. Seems like a pretty cool That's guy. Fucking cool. <laughs> I love Chutney Spades. Um, the last one that I had was kind of cool. This seems like something that you you or myself could have easily made in the mid-2000s. Is this it's, the fan-made video? Yes. Okay, yeah. I didn't watch it, so let's see it. Okay, so I'm going to... We can play a little bit of it. There's a part I'm going to jump to, though, Okay. at uh, just, around, just about three and a half minutes. Just because of trying to get an idea of where these people are. So this is a fan-made video from Adam McDonald 111. Jimmy Eat World Past the Baby. The film is in, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking this has got to be like a preset on handheld camcorders, right? Yeah. yeah, it's polarized? Yeah. Okay, so it looks like, yeah, it looks almost like a photo negative. Uh, Best decision made. It looks like a road trip for some dudes. Some guy in the back seat's taking the video. There's a guy passed out on the front passenger seat. Kind of like the vibe it's given off. Totally. You know, there's a lot. It's this tree-lined. Not a lot of people out, so it looks like a road trip to me. Changing lanes here. If it gets too ugly, well, that's our industry. There's that dirt, man. That's that no-fi. You pass the baby here. Jim's the king of no-fi. He was playing uh, guitar with a Bowie knife last week. Oh? <laughs> Remember, he was playing that... Ow! Oh, and, uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here, uh... 
So that, that folder says Oppenheimer oh, Capital. Got a picture of the Nokia, right? There's always something so this has to be a video from but not for us the mid-2000s. Oh, yeah. It's in 4x3 format. It's got the polarized filter. But I could I could watch this if that song was playing and, and and I've mentioned before like being up on a screen at like a club or something. Yeah, I could watch this video fits along very well. It's so weird. It was posted November fifth, twenty twenty, has ten uh-huh. views and no information about it. Like I was hoping they right. would be <laughs> like, oh, we shot this when we were on our way up to Stanford. <laughs> right. Well, they were in Michigan. So for a brief oh. moment, right before it showed. The uh, or maybe it was immediately after, but right around the time they showed that Nokia phone in the center console, they uh, panned up to a Michigan sticker. You can see uh, mm. the lake in between. But I see. So yeah, up in that area. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was terrific. On one hundred percent, I would have made something like that. <laughs> um, so I sent you the last cover I have, which is Jerry Walker in the Facebook group. I guess he's a dental student and he was sitting in class bored and took out GarageBand and put this together in GarageBand with all virtual instruments. So it's actually really impressive. He says, here's a little GarageBand project I worked on during my dental school lectures, all cheesy virtual instruments, but it was fun figuring out the drums beats, uh, beats paying attention in class past the baby outro. So (laughs) all virtual instruments, Jerry Walker, You know, at first I thought this was on his phone, right? This is just GarageBand, period. Well, yeah, I guess really I don't know for sure. I'm surprised what you could do on your phone when you when you cut like a little video together and send it to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I've been waiting in the waiting room. I just made this real quick. It took me about 10 minutes. Waiting in line for gas at Costco. Yeah. I couldn't imagine 
figuring these drums out virtually. Yeah. I mean, that sounded really good for it being all yeah. virtual instruments. Yeah. That sounds like he put a lot of time and effort into it. And uh, I hope he does well in his dental career. But uh, I don't know if I ever want to go to his practice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. Well, what else you got? Uh, that is it. That is all she wrote. Perfect. For Pass the Baby. Justin, what are your final thoughts on Pass the Baby? From Integrity Blues by Jimmy World. This song has always rocked in my eyes. Um, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't feel ill toward it. I've always liked it. It's always rocked. It has a little bit of a slow start, but that's part of the song, man. It just yeah, look- I really love that slow start. It's like a whole different vibe. Yeah, seeing the the mention now of it being three parts, I, I look at it a little bit differently. And of course, after going through the lyrics, finally, after hearing what everyone else has uh, uh, believed the song to mean. You know, just now going through the lyrics and having my own perspective of it, just being somebody awakened and tranced by the industry and then stuck in a in a loop. Um, I really like this, man. What about you? I think it's definitely one of the greats. I'm so impressed that they were able to pull something out like this 25 years into their career to create some sort of staple that they will always go back to. Uh, and uh, I'd be bummed if I didn't see them do this live. Um, I'm glad we figured out the counting. At yeah. the end, uh, that's really cool as a cheat sheet, um, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't know, I can't say enough great things about this song. I never considered it. I always considered it two two sides to a coin, but that middle section that I always just thought of a transition between the first and second sections really is this beautiful like second wave of the song that is uh, yeah uh, entrancing and and uh, yeah, uh, it's a terrific jam. So. Um, there it is. Yeah. Uh, there it is. So, yeah. Pass the baby and uh, and uh, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Nice. And we're clear.